This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. It's college season, Noah. Merry Christmas. This is no ordinary pod. College football preview. No ordinary pod. It is the time of the year. Every college kid's favorite. Every adult's favorite because they get to relive their college days and support their hopeful alumni. Speaking to you Gator fans. Um, College football season begins tomorrow. We're recording this August 23rd at 8.48 a.m. On the eve of Florida versus Miami, Noah Hemer just serenaded you on the other side. He's here to give you his insight on college football. Noah, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. You know, we got, what, 24 plus 36 hours, 35 hours, less than till we got some college football on. So we got two games on tomorrow as well. We got Arizona-Hawaii, so we'll have some late-night action as well. Um, what time's that at? I want to say 10.30 Eastern. Uh, Pac-12 meets whack after dark. That is the best news yeah. ever. Wow, glad I could break that to you. That's awesome. Yeah, you, uh, you know my college football intake is very limited. Yes, but Pac-12 after dark is your is your forte. Yes, and I do, so, is it is it in Hawaii? Let me let me. Because let if me I get stop. to see if I get to see the rainbow on the helmet, my 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 day's made. That that, that that's more important than UF Miami. It is personally. it is a Hawaii. It is Arizona at Hawaii tomorrow ten thirty Eastern on CBS Sports. Yes. CBS Sports, love you. Thank God I get you at this at this place. So, that's Noah Hemer. I'm Michael Duggar. We're the Ordinary Pod team on the Ordinary Pod in Radio St. Pete Network. And we're going to be giving you a, I wouldn't say condensed, I wouldn't even say brief. We're just going to give you, go conference by conference, give overview. I'm going to give an overview of the conference, you know, the ranked teams, all that stuff. Noah, then I'm going to pass the ball to Noah. He's going to give you a sleeper team player or players to watch and a prediction for the conference. We're going to move through this quickly because we talked pre-pod. We talked yesterday. We recorded a two-hour pod about college football. We're like, hey, let's, it's tough to analyze college football until three or four weeks in the season. And they do a great – and colleges do a great job of kicking people out of pra- – like keeping media out of practice and not leaking that much to the media. So it's tough to get a read on. But before we get into that, into the conferences – I just I just want to add, um, yes. just in terms of like what we are doing, the college football – just people are always caught up in the polls. Not everyone, but a lot of people are always caught up in the polls and where you're standing at and whatnot. But – we're taking not necessarily a more lax approach, but more like a these are kind of things that we're watching type of approach because the college football playoff committee doesn't even release their rankings until, what, end of October? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was week eight. Week I eight, be beginning, of, beginning of November, something like that. So they even take in everything into account. Obviously, they have the teams that they're watching, but even even then, you know, they're just sitting back watching, waiting to watch all these games, and hopefully they can watch some more Pac-12 games this year. But anyways, let's get this kicked <laughs> off. All right, because there is, that's well put, there is a game tomorrow, and it's going to be highly contested in the state you and I both currently live in. Sorry, no, no other update. Maybe Noah can give you one as he, as he goes. But the University of Florida, University of Miami, renew their rivalry, and will be playing in Orlando tomorrow night. Manny Diaz's first 
game as head coach in Miami. Dan Mullen's season opener in his second season at UF. Coming off a 10-3 and win season, returns a lot of talent. Felipe Frank's quarterback, who kind of emerged at the end of last season under Dan Mullen. Miami is starting a sophomore named Jaron Williams over last year's starter. I want to get his name right. Was it Narosi Perry? Yeah, Nicosi. Okay, yeah, I want to get that right. And transfer Tate Martell, who was heavily favored to be the starter coming from Ohio State and stuff like that. But Jaron Williams beat him out, and he and his guess what he gets for his first collegiate start. One of the best defenses in the country in Florida. So, Noah, what are your expectations for this team? What are, what are your expectations for this game? Because we can go into like the team team breakdown and when we get to the, their respective conferences. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring defensive type of game. Uh, Florida, like you said, they lost their one of their bigger pass rushers in Chikai Polite to the NFL, but... Florida's just going to reload with that SEC speed. And offenses are just sometimes going to be a little rusty coming out of the gate, not playing against anyone. And I think with uh, Felipe Franks coming back for Florida, um, he finished the well finished the season off really well. Um, surprised me because I am not much of a Felipe Franks believer. Um, but he did play well towards the end of the season, and shout out to him for that. But... When you're starting a true freshman on a in, in I get pretty neutral as neutral as I guess you could get for this game. It's in Orlando and that's pretty neutral from Tampa and Miami in terms of where state what stadium you're going to be at. But regardless, games on games on not Tampa. Just no, the game's in Orlando. Yeah, I know. But you said Tampa instead of oh, Gainesville. my bad. It's my all bad. good. My bad. My Just bad. Don't, don't want the Gator fans to get upset. Yeah, I understand. Um. But just starting, I mean, the last time we saw a freshman come into the camping world uh, season opener uh, was when DeAndre Francois was a registered freshman and came up and lit Ole Miss up. But we're not, I don't know if we're going to be dealing with that situation. I don't know if he has necessarily the talent around him in, at Miami. He does a receiver. Jeff Thomas is going to be awesome. He's kind of a small, speedy slot guy. Um, but I'm not really expecting a lot of points. I'd We'd love to see a lot of points, but I'm kind of expecting more of a defensive slugfest anywhere between like 21-14, 21-17, 17-14 type of game. Florida is favored by 7.5 points right now. Do you think that they cover that? 7.5 is tough. Yesterday when we talked about it, I did take Florida over, but Miami is going to continue to have a lot of talent that's one thing that they can always rely on a lot of the times is that they're always going to be able to compete just based off of talent alone um and this is a big game for them you know i think i saw a stat that florida and miami have only played twice since 2005 so Mm. yeah i thought it was interesting as well but I'm going to say, I'd say Florida's going to win by a touchdown. I don't know if they're going to be able to win by 10. Yesterday I picked them, and then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? It's going to be a hard-hitting game. You're going to have some really awesome athletes out there. I'm 24-17 Gators. Mm-hmm. So just barely missing it. But if it was a 24-14 type game, I would not be surprised. And the over-under, I, th- I believe, is 40 points as well. It's just uh, The main thing for me is can Miami's O-line block, for block Florida's Maybe not 
veteran front seven or D line, but very talented um, front line. So we're gonna move on to we're gonna move on to our conference previews. We're gonna try to spend try to keep it at five minutes. That's the goal, and I'm very confident we can do that. So. We're going to begin alphabetical order. We're going to go with the ACC host. That's the home of the defending national champions and number one team in the preseason poll, the Clemson Tigers. The only other team ranked in the ACC is Syracuse at 22. The rest of this conference, I, th- um, they're undergoing some coaching changes, especially in the Coastal. The Coastal, you have... I sh- what's his name? Who I forgot who replaced Paul Johnson. I looked. Him, I had it yesterday. You did have it yesterday. Um, oh man, that's upsetting. That is very upsetting. It'll take me two seconds. Jeff Collins, Jeff Collins is there as the new head coach there, and North Carolina has Mac Brown. We mentioned Manny Diaz in Miami. Virginia still, Virginia and uh, Virginia Tech have second year coaches in Fuente. Brock Mendenhall I think's been there three years. So there's a lot of rebuilding going on, and at the top there's still just Clemson. So before you even get into your sleeper team, just is anyone going to stop Trevor Lawrence in this Clemson team? No, not in this not in this conference. I think the only team that's going to give Clemson a run for their money this year um, is going to be Syracuse. Hmm. And they play early on in the season too. Which could help or not help them. But Syracuse has been the only team year in, year out, probably over the last three years, that's been able to consistently compete outside of Bama. They're the only team that has consistently competed with Clemson. They've won, I think, at least one and should have won another one. Um, And last year's game, I don't remember how close it was, but the past two years before that, it was very very close. So I think Syracuse is going to be the one team that has a chance to upset them or Boston College. With AJ, is AJ Dillon still the running back there, right? Yes, and he is a bulldozer. He's actually one of my guys that I was going to talk about. All right, well, that's a good I transition. Think, Just grind, I to, think, grind to the players. Yeah, I, I, I think he. I watched him behind that BCO line, and Florida State did not have an answer for him. He was picking up three, four yards, pretty much at will, and with that, he played in nine games last year. Um, averaged 4.6 yards a carry, scored seven times, had a long run of 75 yards. Um, I think we're going to see all those numbers kind of jump up. Um, he had he was averaging 93.7 yards per game, um, which is great. I mean, I, I'd be happy if that as a BC guy where they had no pass game and he was getting spelled out pretty frequently. But I think as the feature guy, he has a chance to be one of the more exciting players in the ACC. Um, and just to talk some FSU Homer ball, I mean, I've been, I've been saying this for a year and some change, a year and two, three weeks now. Um, true sophomore Keyshawn Helton for Florida state, the, the Florida state's receiving core is at a premium. I think I saw a comment from someone last year that they said, People are going to look back at FSU's team last year and look at this receiving core and be like, wow, look at the abundance of talent that was on this team. And I kind of agree. I mean, you had Nyquan, you had Nooney, um, you had DJ Matthews, you have Keyshawn Helton, you have Treshawn Harrison, you had Keith Gavin, you had Scary Terry, uh, 
and that's just rounding off the top end talent. But Keyshawn was a guy that I, I mean, if you know me at all, or have ever talked FSU ball with me, it's, you know, it's the first person I'm going to mention. He's about to be everyone's favorite player at FSU. He's already been my favorite player at FSU. Um, he is the nephew of Derek Brooks, former FSU great, current NFL Hall of Fame linebacker for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Comes in, works hard, respectful, one of the more respectful players that I had the pleasure of being around. But the dude was constantly making plays after play after play in in practice. Uh, every play, every time, every practice, there'd be at least one play Keyshawn and everyone go, whoa, yeah, Keyshawn, there we go. Type of, type of hoorah, you know, can't really, really get into what they actually say, but... <laughs> Um, that's who I'm excited. I think he's going to, him and Kendall Brown's offense, him, DJ Matthews is going to be a lot of fun to watch. This FSU receiving core is going to be fun. Um, and then outside outside that with FSU, they're, they're D-line. And like we were talking yesterday, and I really like the term, you know, um, they're a year away from being a year away. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would say FSU's at right now. I think Jay Black's going to be solid for them. Uh, but I don't think this is necessarily a national contending team yet because you can't nationally contend with the offensive line that you have unless if you have a Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And we don't. No, we do not. Who do you think they'll go with uh, Blackman? I hope so. I, I just, really hope so. I can't see Horny. If you have Horny Brook, it just limits the offense, in my opinion. I agree. I've heard that. I'm. I've heard that Hornybrook has some a little bit more wheels to him than Jay Black, but at the same time, I'm not surprised because Jay Black's kind of a giraffe. <laughs> Wait, I just hear that Hornybrook is faster than Blackman. Is that's what? Yeah, slightly. What about uh, what's his name? What about the the LSU, the Louisville guy, Travis? I haven't. Is, is from, he, he has no chance. Th- from, yeah, that's what I've heard. Right. That it's pretty much those top two at the top two, and we're gonna just go from there. And I agree with that. I'd rather have the veteran leadership because Jay Black is gonna be a junior this year. He's been through it all. Um, Horny Brook has been through a lot at Wisconsin, so the quarterback position is gonna be left in veteran hands, regardless. Um, and I think it's going to be looking better than with Kendall Bryles. Um, in terms of my ACC, do you have any other ACC players that you wanted to highlight? I personally all? don't. I personally I don't. So. Okay. <laughs> um, in terms of predictions, I mean, no one's going to stop Clemson. It pretty much just depends. It, I think it comes down to Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Miami uh, in the other division. And as of, if Miami wins this weekend, I mean, I, I think they're going to be the clear-cut favorites to at least early season clear cut favorites to uh, represent their side of their division, the coastal division in, um, or I guess the Atlantic division in, in the ACC championship. But as of now, I think I'm going to go Virginia. Um, mm. Bronco Mendenhall has, is I think getting into year three. Uh, they rec- He recruits better there because it's easier to recruit to the Virginia than it is to BYU. And he has, ever since he left BYU, BYU has, gone way down i was hanging out with a couple of byu students yesterday over in destin and uh 
they were telling me how awful they're they they're gonna get smoked by Utah uh, next Thursday. So I'm excited to watch that. That's good for the brand, the Utah beating. That is them. great for the brand. Great for the brand. So um, sleepers is Virginia. I mean, in a I'd con- say Vir- I'd say Virginia Tech. I don't think there really is a sleeper to win the conference. I'd say the sleeper to win the conference would be Syracuse. Somehow, if they Syracuse would have to go pretty much eleven and one and beat Clemson. They play. Them, they play them Saturday night at home. They're, they're, that's a game day game already. That's awesome. I can't Cle- wait for that game. That's gonna be a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clemson plays A and M, and then they play Syracuse on the road. That's that's gonna be tough. That'll probably the big be the biggest game in Syracuse history. Well, modern history. I'm not gonna go to the the Jim Brown days and all that stuff, but Carrier Dome will be rocking. That'll be a cool, that's a cool place to watch a football game. Uh, yeah, and it's not that pick sleepers when. Every te- when there's no ranked teams and you have a dominant Clemson team, so tough to navigate that. But we're moving on to my favorite conference in college football, and that is the Big Twelve. Big Twelve has a lot of coaching changes this year. Can- Bill Snyder retired at Kansas State, opening the door for Chris Kleiman, former North Dakota State head coach. So you know he knows a thing or two about winning. Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury is coaching my Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray in the NFL. He was even, he was fired before that anyway. He went to USC to be the offensive coordinator. I completely forgot about that. And they hired Matt Wells from Utah State. There's more, though. West Virginia hired Neil Brown, who spent the last four seasons at Troy. And Les Miles is now coaching Kansas. I did not – That's that was correct. Les Miles, LSU guy, one who probably could have coached anywhere in the country – is coaching at Kansas. So, the usual the usual big names are still at the top. You have Oklahoma at 4, Texas at 10, Iowa State 21. Matt Campbell's doing a phenomenal job building that program up in Iowa. Um, Matt Rule in Baylor's, he's, hopefully he can keep continuing his upturn. with. He was handed a terrible situation that Kendall Bra- um, Art Browse left him. Oklahoma State still has a quarterback battle on, but they have one of the best receivers in, in the conference. TCU's it's it's Gary Patterson. If if his team can if he has a serviceable quarterback, they're going to be great because they play phenomenal defense. And that's pretty much just it for that conference. So, who is your sleeper team to watch in the Big Twelve? Does Iowa State count as a sleeper team? Are you saying they're going to win? They're going to challenge Oklahoma and Texas? Yes. That I I. It's a light sleeper, but a sleeper okay. nonetheless. Um, if if not them, then I would always just say that my sleeper team is always going to be uh, Oklahoma State because Mike Gundy's awesome. His offense is awesome. So, but I I would go Iowa State if that would count. Um, if there's anyone that's going to let me put it this way: if there's anyone that's going to challenge UT Texas and Oklahoma, it's going to be Iowa State. Uh, they got sophomore quarterback Brock Purdy coming back after going through for 20, uh, 2,200 yards last year, uh, 16 touchdowns, seven interceptions, um, had a 66.4 completion percentage, but they're just going to keep getting better. They have, they have been recruiting much better than they have in past. Matt Campbell is just getting more and more and more and more talent in there. And they're becoming harder and harder to defend. Iowa state in my opinion, mind i always associated iowa state as like the little brother to iowa and i don't like iowa but i kind of like the little brother 
you know, because I was like, I, I, I always root for Iowa State to beat Iowa, because why wouldn't I? And you, and, and, you are, and you are the little brother. I am the little brother. Um, Sorry for ending your train of thought. No, no, it's okay. Um, but I'm just, I'm excited to see what, what Brock Purdy, I, I mean, it, it's easy to, not easy, it's more feasible to get really, really high bloviated stats in this conference because um, not a whole lot of teams play defense. Like, as you said, I think Oklahoma Oklahoma plays defense, but not really. Texas plays defense, but not really. TCU plays the most defense, but even then it's uh, skeptical um, at best sometimes. That's who I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch Brock Purdy, this Iowa State team, um, and then uh, I said last year going into the New York Six preview that we did that Sam Ellinger's like a uh, more talented, um, better throwing Tim Tebow uh, for Texas. And then I said that probably a week before the game happened. And then they had a uh, during that game, during the bowl game, they had a graphics saying that he's like the new Tebow. And I was like, um, hello, did you listen to my pod? Um, the fern back in the day. That was, that was the fern back in the day. Um, I watched Sam Ellinger his freshman year and I was like, this dude can ball this dude. He has that kind of that escape ability, that playmaking ability that Russell Wilson has, um, in terms of like making something out of nothing, being able to still deliver a good throw or be able to tuck it down and get a first down. You're never going to see him like you'll see him run some quarterback designed runs like some powers and stuff like you saw Tebow do. But a lot of what I love is just his creativeness and what he can do with the ball in his hands and his like his willingness to not give up, which sometimes like when you look at Jameis can be a detriment because Jameis sometimes does not know when to just give up on a play. Mm -hmm. But Ellinger does it, I feel like, in a more responsible way. And I think he's the reason why I'm taking Texas over Oklahoma in the Big 12. Jumping right into it. I love it. Um, Would you have Texas versus Iowa State or Texas versus Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship? As of now, I have Texas versus Oklahoma because I don't know. Because I could see Texas or Oklahoma being one loss. One of them one loss. One of them... um, undefeated going into that game we could see we could easily have a one loss texas team undefeated oklahoma team a no loss georgia team an undefeated georgia team and an undefeated bama team going into the conference championship games and then if you get a one loss bama and a one loss oklahoma and you have no pac-12 team representing you know that's it's gonna, gonna happen. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna cause some type of. That's why we gotta go eight, man. Gotta go eight. Every conference champion gets a gets an automatic, uh, one for an undefeated, uh, group of five, and then two at larges. No undefeated group of five. Sweet. They eliminated themselves. You have to. Uh, then you get three at larges, and if one of those happens to be a group of five with a one loss, then hey, throw UCF in there with one loss. I'm looking at Texas' schedule. It's rough. I don't think they're. I think they're going to have at least two, two losses. I don't see them beating LSU, and I don't see them 
and I could see them losing either versus Oklahoma on a neutral field or at Iowa State. And you know they're going to struggle with one of those at TCU games. It's just one of those things. I don't know. I st- I'm still in a wait-and-see approach with Texas because they've been hyped up so much the past couple of years. This is their team. This is the time they're back. And, yes, they have the same Ellinger, the quarterback. But their offense is predicated on the read option and running the ball. I don't think they're going to have that much success running against LSU. That's just me, person, me personally speaking. Could be some SEC bias. We'll see. But I'm all. But Texas is exciting. Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. That they're exciting. This conference is just always just exciting. I mean, you. We talked about how we love Pac-12 Dark. We turn on Pac-12 Dark at ten forty-five at night. Just football on until we go to sleep. Those three thirty ABC Big Twelve shootouts are always awesome. And I'm looking forward to it. And players that will be playing in those shootouts, do you have any sleeper – not sleeper, do you have any players to watch in the Big 12? I'm just excited to watch the quarterback plays, honestly. Um, like I said, Brock Purdy is someone I'm really looking forward to. Outside of that, um, you got C.D. Lamb. But oh, yeah. C.D. Lamb – Two, two of my favorite receivers are in this conference, C.D. Lamb and Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. Tylen Wallace is ridiculous. He's a six-foot guy from six foot one eighty-five from Fort Worth, Texas. Last year he had four, uh, 1,491 yards, 86 receptions, and 12 touchdowns, 17.3 yards per reception as a, as a true sophomore. The guy's great, and he's always open, and Oklahoma State always produces great college receivers. So I'm looking forward to him. Um, you have any other players? I mean to cut you off there. No, no. you. That's that's exactly who I wanted to talk about, but I knew you had more info on him than I did. Yeah, I, I love I love Oklahoma State. Orange is my favorite color. One of my best friends went to Oklahoma State for a couple years. And it's just like part of me. They're like my – them and TCU are my two Big 12 teams, because honestly because of color. Orange or purple, my favorite colors. Um – so you already give your prediction. You have Texas. Anything else in this conference that people should be looking out for? Uh, Bill Snyder's out at Kansas State. We got yes. a new Kleiman, the uh, old North Dakota State head coach, is now at Kansas State. Um, they, North Dakota State has had an abundance of success. That's where Carson Wentz uh, went to school before he got drafted by the Eagles, so hopefully we should see a little bit of bounce back from the bottom floor teams that are in the Big 12 to make it at least somewhat more competitive. Baylor's still going to be bouncing back after their huge ordeal um, with everything that they had going on. Yeah, the Title IX case. Title IX case, so... I think well, I, I'm. I say that like everything. Everything should start getting better for some of these teams. But I mean, college football, and this is something that I mean, we could scrap the rest of this and just talk about how college football's landscape is going to change over the next five to six years. But I mean, it's something that we've hashed out before. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer to getting at, or getting these some type of pay, some type of compensation for these guys because they're bringing in. Of ridiculous amounts of money for these people, for these universities, for these conferences, uh, athletic directors, etc., and they're not seeing 
any of it but putting in all the time and it's not gonna last it ain't gonna last forever but anyways continuing on continuing on um, <laughs> my favorite conference oh um, yeah i know you've been i know you've been waiting no, even waiting. Been. It's time. It is time to finally dive into the Big Ten, and this conference has the most. I think I believe they have the most ranked teams at seven. They have two in the top. Two in the top seven with Ohio State, and Michigan. Fifteen is Penn State. Eighteen, Michigan State. Nineteen, Wisconsin. Iowa, twenty, and your Nebraska Cornhuskers are twenty-four. Noah, so. It's kind of hard to have a sleeper team because when seven teams in your conference are ranked, so paint the case why Nebraska's a sleeper in this in this conference. I mean, I wouldn't even. I'd say Iowa no. State's more of a sleeper in the Big Twelve than mm-hmm. Nebraska is in the Big Ten. Um, maybe not in just, the wet, maybe not in their division. I'm talking like, are, oh, are they beat. a legit threat to Michigan Ohio State this year? Adrian Martinez stays healthy. And the defense, if the defense can somehow, some way generate a pass rush at all, this team's going to have a chance. This this team is going to have a chance to give Michigan or an Ohio State or Penn State a run for their money. Nebraska doesn't have a tough schedule this year like they've had in past. They had one of the toughest schedules last year. Um, and this year they they get, I think, their tough one of their toughest games is Ohio State at home. And I think like that's like week four or week five too. So that'll be an earlier season fun matchup to be watching. This we're looking at year two Scott Frost, and after year two Scott Frost at UCF went undefeated and won, won a national goal. championship. Won a national championship. So, and that team was we saw the jump from year one to year two with Mackenzie Milton and Scott Frost and Coach Mario Verduzco have. Quarterback coach Mario Verduzco have gone on record saying that Adrian throws has is running like last year saying he's running this offense better than anyone has ever they've seen anyone grasp it and run it as quickly as he did and it's not just Mackenzie Milton that Scott Frost coached I mean he was also Marcus Mariota's coach at Oregon mm-hmm. he was the he was the quarterbacks the receivers coach slash quarterbacks coach and then after. Um, Chip Kelly left. He was also then the offensive coordinator there. And then after Mark Helfrich's career at Oregon quickly decimated after Scott Frost took the job at UCF. So pretty much you have the Lord and Savior of the spread offense coming to in Nebraska. Pretty much, yeah. And Nebraska is going to have some issues at inside linebacker, uh, but their D-line is going to have solid depth. It's just a matter of can any of those guys generate a pass rush. Their secondary is going to be solid, but they're still, I would say they're still a tier down in terms of overall talent. They're still a solid tier down from Ohio State and Michigan. And I don't know Penn State's uh, interior, uh, their line situation, but assuming that Penn State's line situation is better than where Nebraska's at right now, I'd also say that they're potentially a tier down from Penn State as well in terms of just athletes. Mm. Um, but in terms of the Big Ten West, they have they have out-recruited people for years. And Iowa has – you're never going to see Iowa in the top 15 of recruiting rankings. That's not what they do. 
They go get the guys that they're going to fit their scheme. They coach them up as they as Iowa make great pros. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I love their DBs. Uh, I mean, they and had two. Ends. They had two tight ends in the first round this year. So, and both of them, uh, Noah Fant is awesome. He's a Nebraska uh, native, so it was hard. It was hard to see him go to Iowa, but. Big 12, a uh, couple guys that I'm watching for. Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan. He's going to be a true junior, I wanted to say this year. He's a punt returner slash receiver. If Michigan's going to have any success this year, this guy's going to have to have a big year. He Honestly, him and uh, Rondale Moore are probably going to be the two best, uh, and K.J. Hill um, are probably going to be three of the best playmakers in non-quarterback playmakers in the conference. Um, Wandale Robinson, also true freshman at Nebraska, is going to have a chance to be a Rondale Moore-esque player that he was at Purdue last year. Um, but Peoples-Jones is going to have to have a big year if and Shea, him and Shea Patterson are going to have to be able to connect more. on. He's a deep threat. He's a deep, long strider threat. Um, not saying he's Randy Moss, but like those type of routes is what he's trying to trying to work you against, but he still has the agility to run underneath things. Um, and then for another guy that was a five-star a couple years ago, who's going to be a true sophomore this year, um, just human, kind of a kind of a freak of nature, um, Micah Parsons, outside linebacker. I think he kind of fits a Jadavion Clowney type of mold um, at, as an outside linebacker. And I'm interested to see what, after a full year of being in a pe- – in one of the best weight rooms in the country at Penn state, um, what kind of athletic specimen he can be for, uh, for Penn state. Um, and hmm. also go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, I was saying, okay. You keep uh, going. Mar- Maryland has a running back that I really like. I'm looking up Anthony McFarland jr. He remind he runs a lot like Daryl Henderson. And I don't know if it's because they kind of got similar hair, and I just think it, but they move very similarly. So if you're looking for a running back to kind of sleeper running back to to root for, uh, Anthony McFarland is a uh, is a fun cat to watch. Um, there are a lot of the the Big Ten as a whole. The floor of the Big Ten is just slowly getting closer to the ceiling. Um, outside of Illinois, Minnesota, I would still throw in that boat, if you get what I'm saying. Rutgers. Rutgers isn't even a team. Oh, and Rutgers. I would say those three. And Maryland's pretty competitive. I mean, Maryland's beat Texas the past two years. Mm-hmm. Maryland and um, Indiana. I feel like Maryland and Indiana are middle of the road. Indiana's a 6-7 win team. They play entertaining offense. Um, can't believe we've gone all this way without mentioning Ohio State. I know you don't well, want to mention Ohio State, but when we did this yesterday, I pretty much on air was could not convinced you, but almost persuaded you to think that one guy in Justin's field, Justin Fields, the number one dual threat in twenty seventeen recruit, uh, twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, because he played twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen recruit left Georgia, is at Ohio State now. Got the waiver. He's starting immediately. And I compared him to with Kyler Murray's arm, uh, Dwayne for Ohio State people. 
Dwayne Haskins' arm talent mixed with Braxton Miller's agility. That's the quarterback they have. They always have NFL talent. They always have great talent around them. The Urban Meyer cloud's mm-hmm. gone. The distraction they're flying under. The distractions are have simmered. They are not being talked about that much because everyone's talking about Cle- Alabama, Clemson. But if Fields is as in Georgia, if Fields is as good as expect, we think he is. Why is he not? Why is Ohio State li- just not at that level? I don't get that. I don't know. I think a lot of it is people, I mean, personally, I don't, I mean, I will talk Ohio State, but I'm just so. I know you're, tough. you're worn I'm out. T- you you I'm don't t- like I'm them. Dude, I'm tired of Ohio State, man. I'm just tired of it. They had like two bad years in between the Jim Trestle, uh, Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. when they had. Uh, Luke Fickle. Yes, Coach <laughs> Luke Fickle. He's at Cincinnati. Um, he's he's doing pretty good things at Cincinnati. No, he's not, no, he's yeah, he's a solid coach. I mean, he's not he's not Ohio State caliber, but I mean, they're gonna the Ohio State's gonna continue to reload. It's just the question is, are they gonna? How are they gonna do without Urban? And maybe some will find it. It'll be better and it'll be less uh, chaotic. But every time Urban's left a program, that program doesn't it takes a step back, and for whatever reason. So, we'll see. Mostly because he leaves them in shambles. That's true. I mean, he left that Florida team in shambles. Um, but he did not leave this Ohio State team in shambles. This Mm-mm. the Chase Young, that defensive end, is a monster. He's like six five, six six, two. I don't. I don't even know. Two eighty five, two ninety, and they just keep. I will draft Ohio State. If I'm an NFL team, I will draft Ohio State players all the time. Any skill positions, any DBs, any D-line. Quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins was the first one that I was would have been okay with drafting. He looked pretty good last night, too. He looked pretty good last night. Um, and that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the game. Is Michigan and Ohio State going to be – that's another thing. Michigan and Ohio State, are they both, can they both be undefeated going into the game? But like I said yesterday, I can't forget to mention this. It's my hot take of the Big Ten. Michigan, if Michigan and Harbaugh cannot win, don't win the Big Ten this year, if I'm Harbaugh, I am highly, highly, highly considering what NFL offers are out there this upcoming offseason. I think that he, I think that is going to be a popular take. I just don't know if he is ready to relinquish he, legit full power over a program. Oh, he's not, and he's gonna. He will stay as long as they don't fire him. He's gonna stay, but if he doesn't win, it's gonna be something that's gonna be highly, highly talked about. But the thing is, is if you're Harbaugh, you gotta win this year. First year, not having to go against Urban Meyer. You get the game at home. You got a veteran quarterback returning. He handed off play calling duties, and so they're gonna be running more spread. They have defensive depth they have offensive depth they have the they probably have one of the most talented receiving cores in the big 10 led by peoples jones the law he's the new law firm he's the new ben jarvis green else that that law firm name (laughs) um so prediction prediction who will be facing nebraska in the big 10 championship game and who Will be beating. Yeah, who will be defeating Nebraska in the Big Ten Championship game? 
I'm gonna go Michigan as I have to go. I have to go Ohio State. Oh, you ha- now you're going to Ohio State. I can't pick against Ohio State. You know, we had the conversation yesterday. I went on a long drive. I really thought about it. Talked it out with some people. Talked it out with myself, and I was like. That's why I was so mad yesterday that you presented all those things because I just wanted my ignorance to let me pick Michigan and it's not letting me. Um, I can't I can't deny what Ohio State's going to continue to do. They have too much defensive talent. I don't think, and I I, I can't be on the Michigan bandwagon until I got I, I, like how you are with Texas is how I have to be with Michigan because mm, like they got that. stomped by Ohio State. And but the thing is, if Michigan can't do it this year, I don't know when it's gonna happen. Hold up, Justin Fields is six foot three. Yeah. Oh, 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 the, oh, man. Oh God, I'm about to fall in love. This is I'm about to fall in love with this guy so much, so much. I'm picking Ohio State to win a national championship right now. That's the only prediction I'm gonna give this whole pod. Time to move on to. That's disgusting. How is it disgusting? It's, it's not. It's just let's just keep going. Yeah, I mean, please. You already know who you're. Gonna, I already know who you're picking for the national championship, and that's disgusting. Not disgusting. It's just what everyone knows. But it's time for probably not our favorite conference, but it, this conference gives us one of our favorite things. That is Pac-12 After Dark, and they don't make the college football playoff anymore. But this is actually probably the, <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the deepest this conference has been with five ranked teams. You have Oregon at eleven, U- Washington at thirteen with. Um, Jacob Eason, yeah, I, don't, I always get him and Fromm confused. It's Jake and Jacob. Um, Utah at fourteen, team we both like talked about before. Washington State losing Gardner Minshew, but still having Mike Leach and David Shaw, Stanford Cardinals at twenty-five. So this team, this conference is getting a lot of depth. Cal's on, and Cal made a bowl last season. Oregon State's, eh, I don't, they're, they're, I don't know what's going to go on with them future-wise. They're, they're one of the worst um, power, five programs in the country. Arizona State and Herm Edwards. They're always interesting. They're doing some interesting things there. Khalil Tate still at Arizona with Kevin Sumlin. Colorado. Colorado's always a 7-8 win team. And then Chip, Chip Kelly at UCLA and USC with Clay Helton's probably final season. There's a lot of – every team except Cal and Oregon State has some has intrigue around them. So who is your sleeper team in this? And don't, we're not going to say Utah. We already went long about Utah. Who is the team that could surprise people in this conference? And Washington and Oregon don't count. Oh, no. This isn't like a national championship landscape. This is strictly for the conference. And if, um, there, isn't, if there isn't any because there's five ranked teams, so be it. I mean, my initial thought is to go Arizona because they still have Khalil Tate. And last year at this time, he was like a top five Heisman favorite. Um, Colorado always plays solid ball. Um, I mean, actually, you know what? Washington State. I'll never count out the air raid in Mike Leach. I mean, um, we've seen how bad Gardner, um, Gardner Minshew's looked in the NFL, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. But I'm curious to see who they have playing for them this year. Um... Anthony Gordon. I don't know anything about Anthony Gordon. Let's see what they have to say. Um, he. It doesn't matter. Like, I wish I could. They had at Texas Tech when Mike Leach was at 
when Mike Leach was there and he had Michael Crabtree thrown to him, I remember they just had this tall, lanky, white dude thrown into Michael Crabtree who didn't do anything in the NFL. This offense is not – I'm not saying it's very quarterback-friendly, but it's easier to put up a lot of numbers and to move this ball because Mike Leach is that awesome. He just puts your offense in great positions to succeed. But they did lose They did lose their tackle. Uh, he was a first-round pick to the Eagles. Andre Dillard. So that'll be a hit to their offensive line. Um Yeah, I'd say Washington State just based off Mike Leach. Do you th- okay? Do you think they can actually beat Washington, Stanford, and Oregon to get that division? No. Okay. Um, they I did guess last Stanf- year. Stanford's always Stanford's always a uh, a fun team. David Shaw should be able to bounce back. I mean, their offensive line is just their their interior lines are just always going to be nasty at Stanford. Mm. They just get those the, the big boys, and they just Stanford's interesting though in terms of how they have to go about recruiting. Like Nebraska, for example, throws throws scholarships out at abundance of people. Um, Stanford, on the other hand, they have to the players that they recruit have to pa- have to meet academic standards to some mm-hmm. extent, and so they are very nitpicky with who they offer. Getting a Stanford offer, in my opinion, is a very prestigious thing to get because yep. that means you are a very well rounded player. And people forget, just, people forget Jameis Winston got that was his second option after FSU was Stanford. Wow, really? Yep. That would have been interesting. 4.0 in college, 4.0 in high school. Man, he's a smart man. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off on, the little stan- on your no, little no, Stanford no, thing. No, that's no, a, that's a fun little... I got those little tidbits in I there. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, with six ranked teams, with half your conference being ranked, it's tough to find a sleeper with this type of depth um so who are some players to watch um he tore his acl i want to say had an injury at the very least uh running back zach moss should be returning for the utah utes uh he was one of my favorite running backs to watch last year until he went down i watched a lot of pac-12 after dark with him um that when he went down that offense took a hit if he is healthy for that season i wouldn't be surprised if they win the big or if they won the Pac-12 championship last year. Um, they lost in a snow game, I want to say like 9-3, to 9-6, to six, one of those awesome field goal games that I love. Um, <laughs> but that's just because they could not move the ball down the field. And neither team could, but them in particular, Washington and Taylor Rapp. Safety Taylor Rapp was just all over the Utes. So Zach Moss is someone I'm looking forward to see what he can do leading this offense um, as he tries to make the case for why he should be a top three round pick top three four round pick in next year's draft um i actually have i actually have a sleeper for this for this oh you do go ahead let's hear it not even a sleeper he's a household name eno benjamin running back from arizona state named just named a preseason second team all preseason all-american had 300 carries last year third most in the country 1,642 yards, tied for third most in the country and 16 touchdowns this guy i turn on his on his uh highlight tape and I was blown away. Thirty-five catches, two hundred sixty-three yards, seven point five average, and two touchdowns in the in the in the passing game. This guy has an NFL skill set. Five ten, two hundred one pounds. I'm very much looking forward to see what he can do in another year in Herm Edwards' system and another year 
where he's a true junior, so he doesn't have – he only had 23 carries his freshman year. I'm just looking forward to see what this can do because defense is going to be focused on literally stopping him because I think they have a new quarterback. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have a new quarterback at the helm. So, just – I'm honestly really – I really love the Herm Edwards story there and the fact that they have a running back who is this exciting, Nina Benjamin, just only – amplifies my excitement for seeing those Arizona State Devil uniforms on Pac-12 After Dark. It is one of my favorite. Arizona State is one of my favorite Pac-12 After Dark teams. You're always going to get some type of entertainment. Um, Great uniforms, too. All black. Phenomenal. Or, oh, they go the white, white, maroon, yes. white. Oh, man. That's, ooh, they, they, have the sli- they may have the slickest uniforms. Oh, I mean, they're with Oregon, but I like their, their uniforms are nice. Um, my other sleeper, or I guess uh, player to watch, uh, probably future NFL first rounder, uh, arguably could be a top 10 pick next year. Uh, Darnay Holmes, five star, uh, out of UCLA. He's going to be a true junior this year. Um, he's out of Calabasas, California, uh, almost went to Nebraska, decided not to. Um, it'd be nuts if Scott Frost had him right now. It all goes back to Nebraska, man. Always does. That's, hey, it always does. What can I say? Um, <sighs> But he he has the chance to be like uh honestly the more I've thought about it he kind of reminds me of like a slightly faster Tyron Matthew. Mm. Wow, that's high I, praise. I, I think it is high praise. I think he could have that type of year this year um, on a UCLA team that probably isn't going to have a phenomenal year. Um, I would just like Chip Kelly's offenses, just his units to look better and not so lost. Uh, UCLA and Florida State in terms of uh quality of play last year we're in a very similar boat um just east coast west coast is the <clears> only <throat> difference so hopefully that can get turned around but darnay holmes gonna be a name to remember hopefully he'd be, he'd be a great addition into a into a buck secondary uh would be a great addition into a carolina secondary well hopefully they're not picking top 10 i know but hey um would be a great addition for a Raiders secondary. They'll be picking top ten. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I feel. I, that, I, I hope. I, before you make your quick uh, prediction, I, I just hope that like it's not with Jalen Ramsey's last season where Jalen just got so bored because no one ever even looked this way. But it probably will be that way when thinking about UCLA's talent. Prediction though. Who do um, you have coming out of the Pac-12? Is it who we discussed early, well, a long time ago? Yeah, I'm taking Utah, um, and I've been struggling if I was going to take Utah over. I'm taking Utah. Utah over Washington in the Pac-12 championship. It's a rematch from last year's game. Zach Moss stays healthy. Um, this Utah defensive line is nasty. Um, they got some. They got some Polynesian boys there, and those Polynesian boys are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's there's some of the those Polynesian. They are some of the biggest, most athletic freaks. Like, the way they move, like, go watch Vita Vey's high school running back. He was a running back in high school. Go watch his highlights, and you'll understand what I mean in terms of how shifty they can be. Because um, he went from playing running back to going and playing defensive tackle. Um, but it doesn't mean it's, it's not because he doesn't have the athleticism. So that's what I'm excited to watch out of Utah's D-line. And that defense is just going to be – I mean, they're going to be in more slugfests. They're going to be in more like 
they're going to be in the classic 15-12 games, 17-14 games, 17-10 games. I mean, they're not going. I don't think you're ever going to see Utah put up 35-40 points because um, they're just going to try to limit you. Run the ball because uh, they don't really have a passing offense, an efficient one at least. Um, but they can run the ball. They have some dual threat quarterbacks. They rotated quarterbacks. They had a quarterback carousel last year. Um, but I, it's, I'm going Utah. I think Utah's probably going to win the conference at what ten and two, maybe eleven two, ten and three. Um, but they kick off their season against BYU in the Holy War on Thursday, which I'm very excited to watch. Um, it's gonna be go good. Gonna be, no, I'm just saying it's gonna be good because the Thursday games. I love I love the Thursday start to the college season. There's multiple games. Clemson Georgia Tech kicks off the ACC Network. The Ooh, whole, that's nice. Holy War. You have to get the ACC Network to do it, but we can always uh little piracy stuff, you know. There's always ways to watch games. Um, any other closing thoughts on the Pac-12? Uh, no, not 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 really. Just excited for some Pac-12 after dark. All right, as am I, as everyone should be. But let's move on to the the Big Daddy, the SEC, who has. Five teams, four teams, four teams in the top ten, and 16, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six teams ranked overall, so Big Ten doesn't the most ranked. You have George, Bama and Georgia, the usual suspects, returning their starters, a quarterback in Tua and from. You have LSU returning their, and Florida, all, and A&M, all returning their quarterbacks with talent around them. They all have very difficult schedules to manage, except for Alabama. Um... Auburn is ranked 16, starting a freshman quarterback, Bo Nix. They play Oregon week one. I think that's going to be – I don't know. I'm excited about that game. I'm really excited. That's a Pac-12. That's the pac 12 chance to say, hey, we can do it. Like, not we can do it, but, like, we can stand up to the big boys, especially in SEC power in Auburn. Um, But East – I mean, very quickly, we, t- we already talked about Florida – are you still is Georgia still the clear favorite over Florida for this season? As of now, yeah, I just don't think Florida has the Georgia just has that depth. That's the difference between Bama, Clemson, and Georgia and Ohio State almost every single year. And I Oklahoma if they got the depth would be in this conversation, but it's the depth. It's mm-hmm. the it's the it's the lack of drop off from your ones to your twos and your twos to your threes. Yeah. Because you just keep getting that talent to come in. It's not a. It's not a. Oh, rework the system. It's just a. Oh, here's your your numbers called. Go play like I taught you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's that's the, the that's, that's the different. That's the, that's the Bama system where they have, where there's five star players that are freshmen. They play special teams, and they're still. And then when they're t- when it's their turn to play. So yeah, say like like you were saying, it's like a junior gets injured and he's their best player. You have a five star as a sophomore. He gets in, you have a five star as a freshman, and then after that, you probably have a five star walk on or something like that. Like there's just just what <laughs> it's just what it's just what these teams do. So Georgia is in the East. Besides them, Tennessee's interesting to see with Jerry Pruitt's year two, and South Carolina has a lot of experience back and their quarterback so quarterback back. So we'll see. If they can upset anyone, but I'm not really someone who believes in Will Muschamp teams. I've they've been under underwhelmed forever, except one year at Florida. Uh looking back on that team, that had Jordan Reed and Trey Burton playing quarterback and tight end. That was a very weird team. So, in the West, Bama's Bama. You, I think you're, I, I don't think you're ready to jump on the LSU bandwagon yet. A and M. I don't know if they can manage their extremely extremely difficult schedule. Although I love Kellen Mond, I think I probably. I love. I just love watching him play, and I know Jimbo's a groomer and stuff like that. And they recruit. And they're recruiting very well. I, 
I don't want to sit on your toes as a sleeper, but I consider sleeper in Mississippi State because of how well they recruit and develop talent there, and I like their backup. If if um, I think it's like carry on. Not, I think it's. I mean, I may look it up just to be completely sure about the quarterback's name. I will say this though, Joe, you were a huge fan of the Joe Moorhead hire at I Mississippi was. State when it happened, so I'm not surprised to hear this from you. Oh, well, hey, thank God we waited today because Tommy Stevens, a Penn State transfer with Joe Moorhead, was just named starting quarterback over um, KTON Johnson. I don't know how I feel about that. I have not seen Tommy Stevens play. I have seen KTON Thompson play, and the running running abilities that that guy has are ridiculous. So, but Mississippi State always has great talent. Joe Moorhead's a great offensive mind, and... Yeah, Mississippi State. I mean, think about it. O line, D line, Mississippi State's among the, is one of the underrated teams of producing great talent, and that's why they were pretty good last year. Nick Fitzgerald has graduated. I just see them as a team that's going to cause just maybe not win, maybe not threaten the division, but getting to eight nine wins. I can see that happening. Who are your sleepers in the SEC if there are any? Um, Mississippi State was one of mine. I don't really have any sleepers because I don't know if there's any other team. I mean, A&M is going to be – A&M and Florida are going to be the only two teams that are going to have a chance to compete with uh, Alabama and Georgia. Not LSU? Oh, yeah, LSU. I mean, LSU could as well. But, again, I'm not a huge LSU believer because I haven't seen quarterback play, consistent quarterback play for them in years. And until I see consistent quarterback play from them, I'm just I just can't pick them because yes, they're gonna. That's the thing. LSU's that team that is going to kind of like start breaking a team down, and LSU's the kind of like there's that depth team, but they haven't of the SEC, but they haven't fully, in my opinion, made the transition to be a big hitter um, because they haven't taken the next step offensively. Um, they have good running backs, but when you're one-dimensional on offense, these SEC defenses just hound on you. Um, but their defense keeps them in all their games. LSU-Bama is one of the best games all season. It's hyped up as one, and then it becomes a, a dull fest. It's, it's always weird. Like it, Everyone gets hyped up, and we all get excited for it, and then Bama wins 24 nothing. That I mean, yeah, of the of the recent. I mean, yeah. there were a couple, there were a couple mm-hmm. less miles ones when they were really low-scoring games, but they were just some just so physical oh i love that um but it's i think so much fun to watch i'm probably a little higher on joe bordeaux than you are at lsu i think i like i think the week one games are going to see are going to be everything lsu versus texas auburn versus oregon that's going to that's going to see which one of these sec teams may may be able to challenge alabama and it's the on the other side of thing it's to see if texas and oregon are actually not back, but if Texas and Oregon are ready to be thrown right back in the national spotlight. We will see. We will see. Players to watch from this conference. Um, I mean, we mentioned him, but I'm, I'm just excited to see what true freshman Bo Nix can do for Auburn. Um, I think this is going to be Auburn's best quarterback. I mean, they had, uh, what's his name, the the transfer that they had the past two years at quarterback, um, backup quarterback for the Patriots now. Jared Stidham. Um, yes, Jared Stidham. I think Bo Nix is going to – I mean, I, wa- I went and watched back a couple of his highlights and some of his tape, and I thought he threw the ball better than – I mean, obviously high school, but I thought he threw the ball. It looked better, and 
He's just as able as a more able as a runner, in my opinion. So I'm excited just to see what he can do and what and what. Who? It's not. They didn't fire their head coach, did they? Auburn's still chugging along, correct? Yeah, yeah, Gus Gus Malzahn's still there, yes. Okay, I thought so because I remember the, he was hot seat. hot seat for sure. Um, but I like the I like the decision to just roll it with the five star and see what you can do. Uh, give your team the best chance to win instead of playing it safe. Um, outside of that, honestly, I'm just looking forward to Georgia's running back uh, running back room. Um, they got Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook. Um, they got. Zamir White, who's also a redshirt freshman who was, I think, a four-star guy. And they got their headline guy, uh, DeAndre Swift, who's a junior. Um, this same Georgia was the one that produced Sony Michelle, was the same college that produced Nick Chubb, had Isaiah Crowell at one point. You Todd know, Gurley. Todd Gurley. Like the, Georgia has been jamming out running backs. Um, I mean, they even had, I mean, throwing it way back, they even had a first-round pick in Noshan Marino. I love Noshan. I, mean, I was a huge fan of Noshan. Keep going back. Herschel Walker. But that's way far back. That's way far back. But that's what I'm, that's how, that's what I'm looking forward to, and I'm thinking, I don't know if that's going to be the difference maker in the conference, but I think there you're going to see another two- or three-headed monster for Georgia. Not because... They need it to be because they don't have a guy, but they just have so many guys, and you just want they'll keep everyone healthy and maximize their carries. Um, so that's what I mean. That's what I'll look forward to in terms of prediction. I mean, I'm gonna be I'd be very hard pressed to see it not be Georgia Bama in the SEC championship game, and I've been really contemplating this lately because I have a not necessarily a rule, but guidelines I follow and college and sports you only get so many opportunities before those opportunity windows close and you don't get any more opportunities in last two years georgia has had opportunity to just knock off bama those opportunities don't just come nilly-willy to knock off the greatest mm. the greatest college football head coach of all time in arguably the best the greatest dynasty that college football has ever seen Probably the greatest dynasty college football has ever seen. Yes, like you don't you don't get that opportunity like that to be leading to have two games and to be leading like a hundred over one hundred fifteen minutes plus out of the one hundred twenty and lose to a backup quarterback both times. That's my only thing. Does Bama have the backup quarterback to to come back from behind this year? <laughs> you know they had the they had Jalen transfer to Oklahoma so I don't know if they're gonna be able to have anyone their their 12th man off the bench to be able to you know save the day but oh this is <laughs> so want, hard you want to know who the backup is who it's to his little brother to Leah <laughs> oh my okay all right that's I love it. it I'm I taking it. Uh, I'm changing my mind I was gonna go Georgia but after hearing that it's the little brother I have to go Bama because if the little brother comes off the bench, it's just going to be the three straight years. And little brothers are the best athletes, as you and yes. I can attest to that. Can confirm. Can confirm. Sorry, Nino. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Sorry, so, yeah, sorry Tom. Sorry. Yeah. If you're listening this late. Yeah, it, it, it happens. But and my, and my I'm going to go. Listening. I cannot believe I'm picking this. I picked Ohio State. And Ohio then State I'm picking, what I'm happy with. 
uh, and I'm picking Bama. <sighs> yeah, that's bad. I'm, I turned you to that. I think LSU comes out of this conference. That's nuts. That's awesome, though. I think if they get by Texas week one, I think they win this division. I think they win. I think they win this division. I think they win the conference. But that's I, that's all. That's all of the LSU Kool Aid I want to drink because usually no. when that happens. It I, blows, I, it, blows it right in my face. I lie. I'm going Georgia. There's just they just got too much depth. Yeah, yeah they yeah. got they they're they're too hungry. They're too hungry. Stick with stick with your pick. Stick with I'm your going pick. Georgia. I already okay. changed Ohio State. I hate that I did that. <laughs> but <laughs> that was right. more let's factual. Move, Anyways, let's yeah. Let's, move, let's move on to the little ones because we only have a little bit of time. Let's move on to the, to the little guys. Sorry, UCF fans. The group of five conferences. Uh, yeah, just teams to watch, players to watch. And if any of them can crack the – if any of them can make a legit run to the college ball playoff. I think UCF is probably the only team that really stands a legitimate run to, to make a legitimate run. But even then, I don't really envision it this year. Um, there's really not – I don't know which group of five team is going to do it this year. I don't – Have you looked at UCF's schedule? No, who they play. They stay, They have a really tough game against Florida A&M on Thursday night. Then – they head down south to face the lane train. That's fun. Then they host Stanford. I'm actually excited for a non-conference game of UCF. Good job. Hey. They play at Stanford or where? Uh, it's, it's it's home. It's home. But hey. It's in Orlando. Wow. You get, to see, you get to see your Power 5 conference team at home. Congratulations, Orlando. Sorry, I shouldn't be making fun of UCF that much. <laughs> If any team's going to do it, it's going to be UCF. Um, but, man, even – I don't I don't know. I don't do, know how this is going to pan out. Do you I trust don't really... Notre Dame transfer Brandon Wimbush? No. There you go. I mean, maybe in the AAC. But even then, I don't think he's a big enough – he's not a Mackenzie Milton type that's going to transcend, transcend this team to be a Final Four team. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. You know, I don't even think they're going to beat Stanford. I, if I had to pick right now, I don't think they'd beat them. I don't think they're going to. I don't even know if they're going to beat Pittsburgh the next week in Pittsburgh. It's a tough game. Yeah, and they um, host. You, oh I God, I forgot that Dana Holgerson's at Houston now. Oh, true. Are they still? I would. If there's a team, it's going to be Houston. They got the best coach and the best quarterback and the best quarterback. Let me look it up real quick with the quarter. I know they're. I've read about their quarterback the other day. Yeah, I'm. I would Dana Holgerson. I forgot about that. Yeah, I would say if there's a team, it's gonna be Houston. Houston is that team. I'd love to see the Houston. I'd love to see Houston join the Big Twelve. D. Eric. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like that. Wouldn't it be funny that if uh, Holgerson left and then got back into the Big Twelve like that, and he's getting paid a lot. He's getting paid a lot more money at Houston, which is a very interesting move to go from a power to. Power five team in West Virginia to a group of five team in Houston, but maybe I mean money helps too. But maybe that speaks just to the program at West Virginia because West Virginians can't get over the hump. But uh, Houston plays Oklahoma week one. Wow, I can't wait. That's a great week one game. Man, college football is going to be so awesome this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so that's awesome. a even better. That's the Sunday night game. Oh, sweet. Yes. Sweet. Righteous, it's it's, yeah. it's in Oklahoma though. 
hey, it'd be like that. Um, <laughs> outside of that, do you have any other Power 5 teams that you want to converse about? I mean, I'm excited for the Boise-FSU home game, but that'll be another conversation for another day. Yeah, I don't really have anything about Group of 5. I don't That's, either. Yeah. Um, do you want to do some quick Heisman thoughts? or um, More so just, I'm just kind of over the Heisman. Like, we were talking about it yesterday. Sue back in the day should have beat Mark Ingram out for the for the Heisman, um, but they just don't give it. You got to be you got to be on a contending team to win the Heisman, and like Lamar Jackson had a better year last year than he did his Heisman year, and still didn't win because his team wasn't as good. Or I mean, two years ago, I should say. Um, it just you got to be you got to be competitive if you want to win if you want to win the Heisman. And there are times where the best player in the country is a defensive. Is a defensive player. Like, honestly, not that he should have won the Heisman, but like Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, when he was at LSU, was arguably the best player there. And we, no we're, we're just, no Heisman. It's just, I mean, we've had guys such as like, let me put it this way we've had guys like Toby Gerhardt, old running back from Stanford, make the get invited to New York. But, I forgot about that. But we don't, but we're not giving Heisman, but. He's going to get more consideration than Sue ever did, even though if Sue in Nebraska beat Texas in that Big 12 championship game, he probably wins the Heisman. Because, mm-hmm. oh, wow, he willed his team to a victory. What do you mean? He held a Texas team to, like, 13 points. Nebraska, they, they lost, like, 13-12, something like that. You know, like, mm-hmm. they kicked... They, they, uh, Two field goals and a touchdown, thirteen point. You can't ask for anything less than that in a team that's about to go play in the conference or in the national title that year. Yeah. But that, those are my Heisman thoughts. I mean, it it's going to be Tua or Trevor Lawrence or Adrian Martinez or Justin Fields mm. or I don't think it's going to be a running back this year. It's going to be a quarterback. Will be. Never, Never will, will be unless unless Wisconsin goes undefeated and Jonathan Taylor breaks records. That's it. But we don't we don't like think chances that can happen. Uh, I don't really. Before we get into college football play, um, playoff predictions for yourself, I was looking at ESPN. They post they posted in their all time ACC team. Who do you think is the quarterback of that team? All time ACC. Yes. I don't know Charlie Ward. They had Deshaun Watson one, and I was okay with that. And then I'm like, all right, let's see, let's see team two. And then it was Charlie Ward. I'm okay with that. And then it was Lamar Jackson on Team 3. And I'm thinking to myself, there is a quarterback who won a Heisman, a national championship game, was 26-1 and as a starter, yet is nowhere to be found on the list in Jameis Winston. And I'm not trying to sound like a homer. I'm just thinking, yeah, Deshaun Watson was amazing and won an national championship, went to two national championships. He did the same exact thing Jameis did, except Jameis won a Heisman. Same exact thing, literally. And then Lamar Jackson wins a Heisman and puts up these crazy numbers, and he's above Jameis, even though the most wins he had in a season was nine. It's there's just there's just a lot of a lot of just stuff that just confuses me and that people don't put the thought into. And that's just my quick rant I had about that. Anyway, let's get to college football playoff predictions we pretty much have set it up noah who do you have officially i mean it's going to be ohio state it's going to be clemson it's going to be 
Texas, and it's going to be Georgia. Georgia. And you have Clemson over who in the in the, in the championship? Or have you changed? Are you changed? I've been flip flopping this entire time. Can I present? Um, can I paint the case for Clemson not winning? Yeah. Inexperienced defense. That's also what I was thinking because, like last year, I wanted to pick Clemson because they had the experienced defense. Now I'm thinking, all right, um, I'm going to stick with my original pick that I had yesterday. Um, I'm going to go Georgia. Georgia over Ohio State. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. And I... Oh, how cool would that be? I mean, how cool would it be if Ohio State beat Georgia, though? Justin Fields beating up on his old team? There is is there is a less than 1% chance that Justin Fields would lose that game. I would probably bet my life savings on Justin Fields winning that game. I, I'm i so happy because the past three... I've had, I had Baker in my life forever, even walking at Texas Tech. You can ask the old equipment guys. We were heavy on the Baker bandwagon before he even was at Oklahoma. And then we had, last year we had Kyler Murray. And now this year we have Justin Fields. So I'm hopping on these bandwagons early. I'm ecstatic for that. I'm excited for the college football season. Talk, I was a little bit hesitant about my excitement and commitment to it. But talking about it, looking at this, the week one games, there's games tomorrow night. It's all coming, and I'm excited for it. No idea. Any final thoughts about the college football season? Uh, no, I just think our uh, breakdowns and our analysis of games will get better as we and more in depth as we look at specific matchups and not just overarching conference values. Mm-hmm. I think once we start getting into head-to-head matchups, we can start talking about um, how teams match up with teams and how this team might be able to beat this team, but this team won't be able to beat this team, so on and so forth, just because. Sports just always come down to matchups, particular. I mean, yep. basketball in particular, but even football as well. Like, if you can't win the key matchups, you're not going to win the game. Absolutely. Um, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. As much as this this preview is more so just to kind of get our minds wrapped around and ready for to watch college football. Um, but once these games start getting kicked off, is when the uh, when the actual fun starts mm-hmm. and the analysis, and that's when we have stuff to watch. We have stuff to talk about. You have stuff to talk about and get angry about because your alumni is losing all that. All that fun stuff goes into it. But Noah, great job. Great job this episode. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Enjoy your weekend. That's Noah Hemer. I'm Michael Duggar. We are the Nordinary Pod team. So I'm at Spotify, Twitter. I need to, we need to be more active on all that stuff, man. I don't, we always say that, but it never happens. I don't even know why. It's so easy just to tweet something, too. But that... We're going to get the Instagram figured out. We're on Apple Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff, just on Ordinary Pod. And, as always, on the Radio St. Pete Network, thank you guys and have a good week.